Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Right now, I'm excited to get to the BetQL guest line. Talk to our friend, Mr. Logan Paulson. You can hear him on the Take Command podcast with Craig Hoffman. Um, I had texted Logan to join the program before today's announcement about the commander's quarterback decision. Well, I guess it hasn't been announced yet. It's been reported by Jeremy Fowler. was the first person to have it. A bunch of people have had it now. Um, Logan, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, of course, dude. So... Let's start with, are you surprised at all that they're going with Taylor um, instead of Howell, instead of Carson? Uh, No, I'm not. I think this was the expectation. I think when you look at what Carson has done for this team and this organization, um, obviously, like, you can debate whether or not he was put in the best position to be successful. Uh, You know, offensive line, play calling, whatever it is, his own kind of play deficiencies. Uh, But I I think you have a definitive answer about who and what he is moving forward in the NFL. And I think that's ultimately one of the reasons, one of the variables why you started him in the first place that last game, kind of to get some information, to get some beta on where the team is at with their quarterback moving into 2023. And I think you have a pretty definitive answer on him. So if you want to win the football game, if you want to put yourself in the best spot to win this game, I think Taylor Heineke's the move. I think the guys like him. I think he's going to motivate the team to play hard. And I do think that, um, you know, I expect to see Sam Howell in some capacity, um, not definitely not to start, but um, you know, just to get a look at them so they can kind of flush out their evaluations. But the question so, I would ask though, why not play Taylor in a game that means something if you truly want week. to start? Last week, you could have waited till this week and show what you call him if you had won last week, but why not play him last week? It, it doesn't make much sense. Well, I think there's been a lot of revisionist history and a lot of people changing their perspectives with regards to whether or not Carson should have been starting. I, I, I can't remember talking to one person. Who didn't feel like that was the right move last week? You know, they, they you didn't listen to this show like, then, Logan, because we did not oh, think he should have started. Oh, I, no, your boy Finley said something about that the other day. I heard him. You know, I was re- well, I, I, I old, damn sure so. didn't want him to start. <laughs> so <laughs> if, it, I don't what, think if did. one person I, was right, then me. Then you shouldn't have started his ass because he didn't well, do that in all I, year. I mean, be my stance was I one. understood it at the time, right? But right, I would have pulled him because he was bad. I think we all understood it, right? I think that's I'm, – I'm in the same boat. You know, like, I think we all appreciate what Taylor Heineke brings, but we were all hoping in our hearts for something more, right? We're saying if Scott executes this offense the way that he's been executing with Taylor Heineke, you're going to get more from Carson Wentz. You're going to get more from the skill position players. You're going to be able to push the football down the field, get some more of your concepts. And Scott obviously deviated from that in a way that was unexpected. So I think there's a lot of people who kind of are changing their thought process and changing the narrative. Like, the offense needed a spark. You go to the guy you pay $28 million to. So I understand that. And unfortunately, like, even though the process is probably correct, and B. Mitch, you know, you have excellent foresight 
because you know that's why you're in this in this profession and you would have stayed with Taylor Heineke. But for everybody else, like that that result was unforeseen. I, I don't think anybody expected Carson Wentz to come out there and throw three interceptions and look not very good. So I think that that's all to me when I look at what Ron did and I look at the decision he made. The process was sound. The offense needed a spark. He's the guy you gave twenty million dollars to. Let him get the start. It didn't go the way you wanted it to. You got information about him and his role in the team on the team moving forward. I mean, I understand that decision. And like, as much as I'm mad that they lost the game, and as much as I'm irritated that it didn't go the way they wanted, like the decision making process there, I believe was sound, especially given how he'd been practicing, how he looked in practice, all those things that you hear. Um, and you know, I get to watch some practices, and, and I got to see that with my own eyes. So. It didn't go the way they wanted to, and that's tough. And so now you say, I made a mistake. Let's get back to Taylor Heineke, the guy who got us here, and, um, and let's try to let's, – let's at least have a tenable offense, offensive, offensive solution, excuse me, do they, moving forward. Do they not know what Taylor Heineke is? Because I, I understand that you believe that uh, Sam is not ready to play. I, I don't think anyone is ready to play when they first start, but they will learn if they're out there. And if we think that Sam's going to get beat up, Taylor's going to get beat up against his defense. Yeah, and I think I, I, what I would say is that I think that's a great point, B. And I think, um, you know, when I look at Sam, because I think that's really what people are saying is why isn't Sam starting? And I look at what he did in the preseason, and I look at what the, the, the reports of him at practice, him not really practicing. Um, and obviously I don't know what he's doing in meetings. and Maybe he's doing great stuff in meetings and is ready. But every report that I've gotten is that he's not ready. And, B, Mitch, you played with guys who aren't ready and have gone out there, and it's ruined them. You know, it's ruined – uh, their careers, kind of. Not because of injury, but because of confidence, but because of development things. And I think it's important to remember that Sam is a fifth-round draft pick. There is a reason that he's not starting. You look at his film from North Carolina, I think you see the tremendous talent, the arm strength, the movement ability. But I don't think what people recognize is his lack of footwork, his lack of anticipation, his um, the, the timing issues that he has. And that came up in the preseason. And if those things go badly, the offense becomes unexecutable, right? And so when I look at this, I say, if you want Sam to play, let Taylor Heineke, who has experience, who's played against NFL defenses, get out there and start this game. I expect the game to kind of shift pretty dramatically here at the start of the second half. I expect Dallas to take some of their starters out. I expect them to simplify what they're doing from a defensive standpoint. Is it still an NFL defense? Yes. But is it been neutered to some extent? Yes. And I want to see him in that environment and see how he handles some of those things. Can he get the calls out? Can his footwork be okay? And I think the other important variable is that this Scott Turner offense is not overly quarterback friendly. It's very, very challenging on the quarterback. And so that's all needs to be taken into consideration here. It's not like you're putting him in with Kyle Shanahan who's going to scheme him up, you know, five to ten easy big-time throws a game. No, like he's going to have to earn his keep in this offense. So I think those are all things that need to be considered. And if you were to come out and start and look great, that's fantastic, and I, I'd be so super fired up, but I do think you, it's, it's important to proceed with a moniker of caution. And so why not just start Taylor, let him get the half, let the game kind of find itself, and then bring Sam Howell in for the second half or whatever duration you feel is appropriate. See, the thing about the, the, the practice stuff, what I hear and stuff, and I, and I can tell you I hear, I hear a lot of stuff, okay, from people yeah. that like Sam Howell as much as they like the other two quarterbacks and all kind of stuff. And I hear that Taylor, I heard that Carson was floating balls and overthrowing people in practice. He gets in the yeah. game and he's throwing balls in the dirt and he's flying them over. Yeah, it was cool to start him, but you stuck with him. And that, that was the dumb yeah. part right there. Now, Taylor, Ron just said he needed a quarterback one for next year. Okay? He, he said that in his press conference. So Carson is done. He, and, and Taylor, he's not planning on him being his quarterback one. 
He be he said it in the press conference. Why right. not find out what the kid can do? And I am one that don't care about people. Like, oh, he gonna get beat up. He don't. If he's still the same person he was in that last preseason game, then everybody that's over him should be fired, point blank. Yeah, and, and to your point, I think that there is a, uh, you know, Sam has done some good things in practice. He hasn't practiced a ton, very, very limited practice opportunities, but you, like he's talented, man. He's very, very talented, and that's why it's alluring, right, this idea that he's super uber-talented. But, like, I don't know, I played with young quarterbacks, and I, even a neutered NFL defense is a tough thing to deal with, right? And I think it's, I think you want to, there, there's a fine line to walk here for the rest of the guys on the roster, too. Like, is it fair to them to put a guy out there who doesn't let them execute the offense the way they want to execute? I don't know. The game they did last week. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, no, it's it's a good point, B. Like, that, I mean, that's an excellent point. But I, I, if I was head coach, like, to me, there's no doubt in my mind. Taylor gets the start. We let him ride. If the game, depending on game flow, Sam Howell comes in late. Like, that just seems like the right thing to do for me. And, again, I, there's more information here that we're not privy to. Like the meetings, how's he digesting the offense? How's he doing with his footwork? How's he doing with all of those things, right? And I don't know, man. Like even though I get to watch practice, like I don't know how he's doing with that stuff. It's hard for me to tell because he doesn't practice and I'm not privy to what he's doing in the meeting room. So I'm going to defer, and maybe this is a mistake, I'm going to defer to the coaching staff here and assuming that their assessment of him and his readiness is accurate. And if, and if I go off that assumption because they have more information than I do, so they should be able to make an accurate assessment. Again, I'm deferring to the idea that if they don't feel he's ready, let's put him in a situation where his readiness can be managed in a more effective way and we can get a true evaluation of what he is and not kind of a hot mess, which could potentially happen too. So I, I want to – Logan, dude, I appreciate all this, and, and I, hopefully none of this sounds contentious. Um, I, uh, I do want to clarify one thing. One thing B and I were very clear on when they went to Carson last week is that my expectations didn't really change. I, I think we saw enough of Taylor and of Carson that though the, 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 the route would be different, the results were proven over time to largely be the same. And, and did yeah. I expect him to throw a pick on the second throw of the game? No, but I, I'm expecting offensive fireworks. My, I think my official prediction on the show was a, a, a 21-20 final over the Browns. I was very, very skeptical of that game for whatever that's worth. Um, Two. I mean, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat as you. I think, but I think there was an, a, a, a notion or an assumption that they're going to score 21 points, which is something they hadn't done with Taylor Heineke at the helm for a couple of weeks, right? So even though yeah. it wasn't going to be offensive fireworks necessarily, there was going to be an offensive improvement with Carson at the helm. And I, this, this is not me coming at anybody. Like I'm just saying, there seems to be this narrative switch in the DC media because like it didn't go the way everyone thought it was going to go, like that. That is true, and that's fine, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't disvalue – it doesn't um, negate the evaluation you had before the switch was made where you're like, I can see why this would work. And so I think to kind of switch so starkly in opposition to this move and vilify Ron for making the move when everybody was kind of there despite the really hardcore Taylor Heineke supporters, and I get that, you were right, I was wrong, whatever, that's fine. I just think that's important to acknowledge, to acknowledge the atmosphere change around the position. Like, like to that point, I, I, I don't think it's a fair discussion when we go back to the drafting of Chase Young and criticize because Tua and Herbert were there right. and they took right. Young. You know why? Because they had just spent a first-round pick on Dwayne Haskins, and, and that was part of the equation at the time. So, so I recognize providing context. Um, I, 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 going forward, though, I think where you and I – I want to ask this question about not giving the start to Howell. Like, 
for six weeks, I believe, Wentz was on IR. And they right. didn't add a veteran to the roster. They were one play right. away from Howell playing significant playing time. So, mm-hmm. it, and, and that was when the season was still very much in the balance. Maybe he isn't ready. And my, my analysis from his preseason start against the Ravens was that this is a guy whose eyes drop immediately in the face of Rush and is going to get smoked in a real NFL game. Um, and, and maybe you know five months of watching from the sideline isn't enough time for that to develop. But you do see rookies all over the league playing. And a lot of times it's not good, but at least they're getting that experience. Is, is, there, right. is there no value to him getting that experience and letting the evaluators get an idea of what they have? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, that's a fantastic point. I think in this scenario, you're getting kind of the best of both worlds is what I would argue. I think if he gets out there and start and it's, like, not tenable, like, what do you do? You pull him, you... You just go three and out for the whole game and call it. Like, that's what I'm saying. At least this way it gives you an opportunity to kind of manage the situation a little bit more as opposed to having to pull him or or whatever you would do in that situation. So that's more what I'm talking about. It just gives you a level of risk control. I think, yeah, I agree. You want to see what he looks like. He's, I'm the first to tell you, he is extremely talented. As a passer, his arm talent, he's very, very talented. I want to see what he looks like, but I also want to give him, put him in a situation where it's, it's workable and I can evaluate him. If he's just getting crushed, getting sacked, bringing his eyes down off the pass and, and running into sacks and trying to scramble around for his life, that's not a fair evaluation to him. I want to put him in a situation where I can at least evaluate the decision-making process, his management of the huddle, and I feel like I can do that as the head coach. I can do that by saying, Taylor gets a start. Let's manage the game flow and get him in there. So I, I don't think – I want to see him, like no doubt about it. I want to see what he looks like. I just want to p- give him an opportunity to, to put his best foot forward, you know, against a good Dallas defense. So that, I, get, I think that's where I'm at with it. And, I, I, again, like I agree, like they didn't bring in a veteran. All that stuff is – those are fantastic points. But I want to make sure that I'm getting a good evaluation of him and some other young pieces on the roster as well. So. I just I, I I I I've seen every quarterback do exactly what both you and JP just explained. I've seen Carson do it. Yeah, I saw him do it in the Philly game. He wasn't watching the downfield. He was watching the pass yeah. rush. Mm-hmm. I watched yeah. I watched Taylor do it. And I tell you, I tell people a lot. And a lot of times Taylor's looking at the line. He's not looking down the field. Okay, he throws up some balls and they get picked off. People say, "Oh, great anticipation." Nope, he threw up some balls and his receivers made some great catches. It wasn't no, it wasn't even a smart throw. But yeah. why the young? I've seen a lot of young kids in the face of terrible situations still show me way more. But if I'm waiting to put them out there in front of a bunch of peons, I don't learn anything. I think doing that, you go into the next season looking at them just like he was in that last preseason game. I want to see where he grew over these last 16, 17 weeks. So I, th- I think that's what I'm saying. I, th- I think if you're saying the fourth preseason game, which is basically a glorified all-star game, and him getting a, a true start, that's a pretty big step. You know what I mean? It's a pretty big jump. Any preseason to any NFL game is a big step. So to me, if you're going to give him a chance, like instead of making him jump directly into the deep end, let him walk into the short end of the pool. You can complete the evaluation there. Like, so there's some things here that I think you can kind of gauge. How is his footwork? How is his play calling? Does he drift in the pocket? Is he anticipating throws? Those are things that can be evaluated across the board but cannot be evaluated if it's too fast for him in the beginning. You won't know. Right, you won't know if he's had any kind of progression on there because I say the jump from one to ten is too extreme. Why not go from one to five and see where he's at? 
And then you say, okay, well, next preseason, how's he going to look? And you, you give yourself multiple data points to kind of flesh out that evaluation. And, yeah, is it real bullets? Is it real NFL? No, but is it more than what he did in the preseason? Yes, and if he's shown a progression to that level, I think you feel pretty good about his maturation, right? And I think the other thing that is called into question here is I think people want to see him to know if he's the quarterback of the future. To me, I don't think that's even on the table at the moment. I think you're talking more, is he going to be the team's backup next year? That's more, I think, the conversation about him. He's a fifth-round pick, and I think the expectations need to be measured to match that. He's not going to be – you know, he's not going to be Tom Brady, I don't think. And he might be, and I might be wrong. And I hope I'm wrong. That'd be great for the organization. But I think that's also an important bit of context to keep with regards to this should he or should he not start. Like, what, what, what is the expectation for him moving forward? And if I think but, he's going to be a top-end backup, then I think that's fine. I mean, he could be A.J. Feely for me. I don't care if, if he's Tom Brady or not. But I think great if, if, I, if I'm – and yeah. I played with A.J. And I saw A.J. going to a game where he had no experience, and guess what? He won four the next five. So yeah. it doesn't make a difference how young you are. You you you're right about Scott having to, to do the offense better, but I don't blame Scott for for uh, Carson throwing the ball in the ground and selling the ball. I blame Carson sure. for that. So yeah. Carson has be. bad Carson footwork is horrible. Okay, just like yeah. we say that Howells is. So how about Carson is playing in eight years and he's still doing the same stuff he did? How, why not see the kid play? And my whole thing is. We let's like we had people that was cheering for Carson. They didn't want him to start against the 49ers because the defense was good. Well, if we don't want somebody to start against the good people in the league, then why the hell we have them on our football team? I think it's just about putting guys in good positions to be successful, uh, Mitch. You know, like it's it's more like, yeah, if I have a guy who hasn't played in six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it was, I don't want the first game out the gate to be him going a thousand miles an hour, right? If I can manage that, I've got a guy who's got some experience, is kind of in a rhythm in Heineke. Let him play, right? If and then the next week against the Cleveland Browns, that seems like the right matchup. Kind of get, don't throw him in with a guy against a guy who's throwing 100 miles an hour. Let him warm up, and I think there's merit to that assessment, right? And I understand there's this traditional approach of like pedal to the metal, 100 miles an hour. Let's get these guys where they got to go. But I also think you can manage that and put guys in better positions to be successful, right? To to, to complete the evaluation. So I don't. I understand your perspective. I just think there are different ways to go about it, and I don't think there's anything wrong with having uh, Carson not start against San Francisco because of the number one defense in the NFL. I, because you want to again make sure that he's in a, you know, in a in a chance for him to win, and I would say give Sam Howell that same courtesy if you want to get a true evaluation of him. Like if Sam Howell were to start against the 49ers, all you'd say is, "Man, he played against the best defense in the NFL and didn't look very good." What is beneficial about that? I, I, I just, I just, the thing along what I see though is like I hear you keep saying about giving a person a chance to win. I basically am talking about what most teams in the NFL does, and they have great, great success. We do it this cautious, protective of people' feelings and way. And, and guess what? We don't have great success. So I don't know if it's the right way or not. But based off of the, the results, the way we do it is not the right way. Could you That's be more what specific with that be? Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, what I'm saying is, when you when 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 Tua got hurt, he came back. They threw him in the game. They didn't wait till he played against a certain team. But I think from, Tua from, in, in, in the history think... in the history of football, when a quarterback comes back, he plays. I don't have to I, wait well, till what team he playing against. Donald McNabb got hurt. He got let hurt. Me add something. We played let him in add... the playoffs. We did not wait until we were going to play in, against a, a bad team. Let's add something specific here, and, and, we'll, and we'll we'll circle it back to the Commanders and Logan. We got to let you go, and I, I sincerely appreciate the time. Right. Um, 
granted it was perhaps out of necessity, but they went to Heineke two years ago in a playoff game. This was an undrafted guy who at that point in time had about maybe a half of NFL football on his resume, and they had to do it, and he was able to come out and play. Like Sometimes people aren't in ideal scenarios and they could come out and play, and it seems like they're reluctant to do that here. Yeah, and I, yeah. So I think there's a reason that story, the story of Taylor Heineke is so lauded, right? It's because it's the exception. It's, it's, sure. it's emphatically the ex- exception, right? When you have him come in there, no one knew, understood that he was going to come out and do what he did. He's never played to that same level since then, right? So obviously that's an outlier in terms of frequency of him, of, of, a, of an unproven starter coming in and playing well, and an outlier for him in terms of personal performance, Right. So, I, and that, again, that is out of necessity. Here, this is not a necessity. You control the situation. This is a preseason game for you. Manage it how you want to manage it so you can complete the evaluation as you want to complete it. There's not like with the Tua thing, he's got to come back because the offense decreases in yardage by 150 yards when he's not starting. Emphatically, he gives you the best chance to win. That's not the motivation here. That's not the motivation for this for this decision. It's what's best for the individual. But, but Logan, we're going to get told gets we're going to get told in about two hours that this is because it's the best chance to win. So there is but, but, there is a juxtaposition of <laughs> what we're being told. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. I mean, I get it. I understand. But I think we all know. I think he knows. I think he's got to say that. You know, like you've yeah, been around yeah, yeah. coaches, multiple coaches, long enough to know that they have to play the game. He's playing right. the game. Like read between the lines, right? We all know. The fans right. know too. Like we all know the score. So, as much as he's going to say that, you got to say that for the guys in the locker room, the guys that are suiting up, the guys that Logan, are. Logan, you'll like, appreciate this. CK is going to kill us if we don't break. Thank you yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah. I, I sincerely appreciate the time. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, appreciate give him a follow on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson eighty two. When I booked you to come on, I didn't know all this was going to happen. So, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Always fun talking to you. Thank Hi, you, bro. Yeah, for sure. Um, when we come back, I'm pretty sure D Hall is going to join us. D'Angelo Hall. Don't go anywhere. It's B Mitch and Finley. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.